The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters, two microphones, and one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Break, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Uh, Friday edition, Jane Keith, the podcast. We are fresh coming from the practice field. We've watched practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It is football season, big boy. Football, football, football. Football, football, football. The foot meets the ball, and that's how the football starts. You know what's funny? If you ask ChatGPT to write about football, it writes about soccer because it's uh, it uses the more common global term football is of course soccer association football as opposed to gridiron football which we are going to discuss in great detail today yep i'm kind of excited because i didn't know what to expect um we've talked a lot of the coaches we've talked a lot of the new players talked to returning players we've you know kind of see people in the hallway and just randomly sometimes introduce ourselves sometimes they introduce them sometimes coaches bring them down i mean just Trying to, again, in today's world, but even football in general, you're talking about every year there's probably 30 to 40 to 50 guys in a normal year dating back through all of history. Now you're talking there could be 60 or 70. Now there wasn't that quite that many at ETSU, but in today's world that is something new. And then the other fun part now that didn't used to happen years ago is now the ever-popular, oh, I can change my number. And so everybody changes their number. And then I spend all this time learning people's numbers. And then I'm like, who in the world's number one? Who is that guy? It's DeAndre Davis. And it's DeAndre Davis. I'm like, ah, oh, I know that guy. I'm yeah, good. I know that guy, but he's in the wrong jersey. Yeah, 40, 44. I was sitting there going, uh, why is Juwan Martin out here? I just saw him in the hallway. Yeah, well, when did we, when did we where, pick up Juwan? Hunter Juwan? in the transfer program? Right, now all of a sudden. I thought he was with the Cowboys. Now he's 44. Yeah. And I said, uh, why are you wearing 44? And I quote, it's a bigger jersey. It's the fullback number. I was like. 44 is the fullback number. Like, that's like. Wearing 44 in baseball is the that's the the slugger number. It's the, your Hank Aaron's, your Reggie Jackson's, your Clint Freeman's, Paul Hoyman's. Yeah, right down the road. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. I, I, <laughs> sitting there looking at it, and I, it was funny because then it finally dawned on me. And but he didn't have. There wasn't a. The only reason he went for it, a lot of times it was number I wore here. I wanted this or blah blah blah. It was it was just a bigger jersey. <laughs> I love it. Which I'm going to have to ask him next time. He's still listed at 229, so why do you need a bigger jersey? Because, and by the way, if he's 229, and I love Juwan. And I, apparently I've been wrong on everybody's weight because Rydell yelled at me in the hallway about being wrong about his weight. And I refuse to believe the weight he gave me. I told me I had to take a picture of him on the scale before I believe the weight he gave me. I think he is. he's listed at 184 and Dorsey is listed at 183. So he is right that he weighs more than Dorsey. Yeah, he claims 194. I said, is that with pads on? He's like, no, no, we 194 regularly. I, I, I'm getting big, dude. Or bro, I think I'll be bro. Get big, bro. I'll say, all right. He's Florida kid. You know how that goes. All right. So uh, yeah. there's a lot of things we can do because the first couple of days they, they just had just basically helmets, and then today they just put on the shoulder pads. They're still not full contact. All the other things that go with it. So a lot of ways to attack this. I don't know. Do you have a do you have a thought process? Uh, do we random strain? Well, do we have I, a theme? I think first we should probably before we dive into anything else, we should probably talk about the quarterback competition. Okay. Um. Because of just our, our first impressions of May v. Dorsey v. Rydell. 
First impression was Dorsey v. Rydell. Is that what you said? I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to read here. May, Dorsey, Rydell, the three guys right. that are Correct. Com- that are on scholarship right. at ETSU competing for the starting job uh, because it is a competition. And I think that's entirely reasonable to have your quarterback competition be a competition. You know, like you, you, you should make, even if you have a guy that's the guy, and even if it becomes clear that he is the guy, I, I think he should still have to earn it. No, I, yeah, I, 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 everything should be earned. I, yes. You know, we've that was a big thing Randy Sanders used to say when guys would come back, and sometimes they wouldn't be a starter early, you know, through camp. And he, they would be like, well, it was starting last year. And he was like, well, great. I brought in these guys to be better than you. So you either need to step it up or prove that you need the job or these guys are getting the job. Yeah. And one time he – Told me he said that to Quay Holmes, and I just stared at him. He goes, "Well, I don't mean it with everybody, but you know, it's good to, for them. To, it's good for them to think that, right? It's good for them to think that there's some competition sure, there." Sure, sure. So I, you yeah. know, I think that's definitely what everyone is going to talk about. Now they are going back, and again, I cannot stress this enough. They're going back to stuff that will look like what you saw in 2021 in the Randy Sanders system under center. There's some two tights back when emphasis on the run game. But there will be George Coral wrinkles that you, if you watch enough Furman, not just ETSU Furman games, but as I talk about at nauseum, I watch pretty much every single conference game because football plays once a week, and I got plenty of time in office while I'm doing other stuff to have a game on. And then maybe I'm not watching every single snap intently, but I do get to watch a lot of the things. And so knowing some of that, there's going to be some option wrinkles. You know, they've done a little bit of that but you know again they haven't put the full offense in everything but there'll be some option wrinkles there'll be some speed plays there'll be two power backs in there at some point you know they will switch a lot of running backs where last year you know under the old system with Adam Nugabauer it was a lot of Jacob Sayers and not that that's ever a bad option as he's obviously at camp with the Bengals right now but still I think it'll look more of what the fans saw the other wrinkle offensively before I jump back into the quarterback is Cam Lewis at tight end. I think you'll see sort of Ryan Miller type things that they did for him. Yes. Now I will say, um, insofar as this is a a competition, it is an open competition. The first three days, I, I think the outcome, based on if it were just based on these first three days, it would probably be what everybody expects. Tyler Rydell is the guy. Well, and he looks the most comfortable. Uh, he's got the best chemistry with the receivers. I think he has a really good feel for not just uh, Will Huzzy's catch ratings because those two are super close, but Enosh Carter, uh, even Tommy Winton. Although Baron Mays had some pretty good connections with Winton as well down the field. He had a beautiful catch on the end of a shot play. It was like you would love to hit the receiver in stride, so from that respect, maybe it was a tad overthrown. But if anything, it was right where it needed to be for Winton to lay out and make a catch, and that's a guy that I think we'll probably be talking about a lot throughout uh, fall camp. But uh, right now, if you ask me, if they had to go on August 5th and play Jacksonville State, Tyler Rydell's the the starting quarterback, and I haven't seen anything that changes that. I think going back to a system that he was very successful in and knows, and granted, again, it's not the same verbiage there are, but a lot of the principles, a lot of the things, you know, route concepts and stuff are coming back. And so – he should have an advantage because none of those other two were on the roster. So I would imagine he should by default for the simple reason of knowing it. Now, also making throws is what we're talking about as well. He's looked the best making all the throws that they've asked him to make. Barron has made tremendous – that was the big knock, right? He's having trouble throwing the ball. 
down the field, Barron throws a really nice ball. He does. And he has really improved that. I think where he's still a little behind the other two is if there are some five- to seven-yard quick outs, quick hitches, little slants. He's not as comfortable, it looks like to me, in that realm. But you give him a 15-yard and further uh, post, corner, double-move style, any of that, go routes. I mean, he – He's, he looks tremendous. That's a whole different looking, throwing quarterback. And then Dorsey just looks like a guy, he's just figuring it out. Yeah, he, the, the biggest thing with Dorsey is that he missed the spring. And I think that's that's important context for him, is that normally a transfer quarterback comes in and they have the spring to kind of get acclimated. He did not have the spring to get acclimated to really start drilling down on the offense. He started learning this offense on like July 7th. So... Um, this is this is going to be brand new for him. He's still got to get a feel for his receivers and their catch radiuses. There were some passes that were a little hot to handle. I mean, when it comes out of his hand, it comes out hot. Like he he throws the fastball and uh, does not does not shy away from his arm strength. But I think overall, if you watch yeah. him throw the ball, there's not a throw he can't make. I would agree. I think there's just he's just got to figure out either certain guys or you know when you know. On this play, we're looking for that. I think he's just got to assist. He's got to learn the system. He's got to learn the receivers. Yep. And I think that will come with time. But he certainly shows a lot of athleticism. I think, you know, it's one of those things where personality-wise, I think he fits in. Sometimes you you can get a quarterback that, you know, I'm not going to name a Southern Conference school, but I've talked to three different folks that cover a school that have said, hey, there's starting a quarterback, not really messing with everybody. It's, and that's a thing, right? You bring a new guy, and that happens. I think Dorsey's fitting in great with the guys. I think it's one of those deals where, yes, it's competition, but I watch guys giving guys pointers, right? That, that's To me, that's how you make a championship football team. If you're sitting there and you're not trying to help a guy, hey, what we're doing here, or if a guy's got a question, and I'll get to a guy I've been watching in camp here in a minute and watching him kind of teach younger guys that are trying to take his job, and he's still taking the time to, to show stuff. So I think that's important. I think right now – Rydell is the leader in the clubhouse. It's day three. But I think Rydell is the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, I've seen some days where they've had Barron take the twos. I've seen some days they've had Dorsey. They've kind of been splitting reps between Barron and, and Dorsey with the twos. And so we'll, we'll see how that progresses and how it goes. And, again, they've not hit. And all of this doesn't really matter in the scheme of things because football is a, you know, collision sport. And right once, now they're not once we colliding. see the scrimmages, I think we'll really get a feel for who does what. But even then, you know, you're going to have to give Baron May and, and Timmy Dorsey some reps with the ones at some point to really get a feel for what they might do with the ones. Uh, yes, and because the one, the ones and the twos on, on this e- this particular ETSU team are going to be pretty sharply different. Yeah, I think other than maybe running back, I think. I would feel pretty good about running back the twos. Heck, honestly, I have to forget about the three right now. But I think when you get past Anaj Carter, Will Huzzy, well, let me re- Will Huzzy, <laughs> Anaj Carter, um, Cam Lewis, and what they're trying to do with him. Yep. And then Noah West, and then you know, Quentin and, and Gearnets have looked promising. And Quinn's made still, some plays, Caballero. Yep. But yeah, I mean, Caballero I, has two. Yeah. I think Caballero. It, you not much drop off there. I think Witten's had his moments. He's looked really good. I think Garrett is going to be really good. I think both those guys in time and when they – because they're going to step up next year. 
Lewis is going to be gone. Uh, Carter's going to be gone. Huzzy's going to be gone. I mean, those, you know, Quinn, you need, Quinn's going to be gone. Yeah, you're going to need pass catchers. So, I mean, they're going to have – and, then you know, you got one true freshman, one redshirt freshman. I mean, they're going to have plenty of opportunities. So, if they can just grow this year. But right now, when they take those guys out, and Adriel Clark's trying to come along too, but when you take yeah. sort of the five guys I talked about out, there is a distinct drop-off in the pass catching right now. There's Again, all this is three days in. There's a distinct drop-off. I think other than running back, you know, the line's still trying to figure it out. They, You know, there are a lot of new guys. You know, there's a lot of different combinations. There's guys that were playing on the right side and now trying to play on the left side. It's a different blocking scheme than what some of the guys played last year. And considering there's still transfers and freshmen coming in, that we're in a whole different realm of blocking football and how you want to do stuff and the checks and all that. So offensively, everyone wants to know about the quarterback position, and we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, you know, give you our untrained uh, quarterback eye thoughts on it. I think you've been around at, at really I mean, at the highest level at our level, you mm-hmm. know, watching North Dakota State and NFL. I, I, wa- I watched Trey Lance and Zeb Nolan, and Trey played in the NFL, and Zeb went and went. Uh, he went to a bowl game with South Carolina as the, as the emergency starter. He thought his career was over, and one day um, uh, Shane Beamer hands him a helmet as he's walking onto the practice field. Say, here's your helmet. You're, you're a quarterback now because they had so many injuries. So, I mean, that was – yeah, I, I've seen guys really duke it out, and um, I, I think you know if, if I had to make a decision right now, it'd be Tyler Rydell. Uh, they are going to have plenty of time, plenty of information, and and I, I don't know what will happen as more data points come in, but certainly Rydell appears to have the upper hand, as I think many folks would expect, being that he's what the three-year incumbent starting quarterback now. Yeah, played yeah. played several games in 2019, but started a couple games in 2020. Started three, then got benched and went back to starter. Played all of 2011. 21. Played, yes, tw- sorry, 2021. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Oof. I think he's out of eligibility then. Uh, I, I, I would, I would say like, that then, would be if he played in 2011. I was gonna say that's a heck of a 10 year old there. I'm trying to do the math. Started eight, then he started 13. He started. So you're talking about 20 plus games. And still two years left this year and next year if he wants. So, yeah, certainly yeah, agreed. Uh, he's got the most snaps. I mean, Bear Mace saw a cup of coffee here and there. Um, they ran some packages for him. And knowing that Coach Corals loves the option and knowing that that's not a bad option if you want to make wow. everybody respect the quarterback run. See, see I was trying to get yeah, there. No, you didn't let me finish good. Good. Let me finish in there. So, I think that certainly, you know, if, if – and Barron had a great attitude last year, I think, because he started to play a little bit, then it kind of went away, and they figured out how to get him on the field, and he was ready to go. I think if Barron continues to do that, they're going to have a spot for him um, in some special situations. I think around the goal line, because I, I just think Coach Corals at some point and the way he wants to just keep people honest in the option game, I think you may see that. I could be totally wrong, but I, it wouldn't shock me if there isn't a package again for Barron May. All right, so we talk, we've talked enough about the quarterback competition. We're going to have plenty of opportunity to discuss that further later in fall camp. I want to just get early, first impressions, keep it simple, give me three guys that stand out to you, and I'll give you three guys that stand out to me, and we'll kind of build our discourse from there. Okay, so I'm going to pick three, and you're going to pick three. Yes. So that's a pick six. The best games of the week, or at least the ones these two dorks want to watch. 
tell me to my face, Jalen George is going to start. And, and, and they said, you know, Max Evans said it in the spring. I've had a couple different guys tell me in the fall, Jalen George is that dude, and he is going to start for ETSU on the defensive line. And um, I, I'm absolutely ecstatic to see what this guy brings to bear for the Bucks at a position group that's looking a little deeper all the time. You know, defensive lines kind of got the upper hand on him in a position battle. You got Devin Brantley. Um, you know, we talked about Miles and, and him, you know, putting in a lot of effort. Algar was looking pretty good. Algar he slimmed down. Good. Yeah, so this is a group that suddenly seems like it has some depth up front. Uh, another guy stood out to me, uh, the other guy that really has popped so far is Enosh Carter. Uh, the guy just looks like he came to camp with a business attitude and he wants he wants it real bad this year. He came out day one and every single route, Dickey, Dallas Dickey, the wide receivers coach, was like, great rep, great rep, good work, good work. And it wasn't just positive, like he was like, he wasn't just saying that to everybody. He was saying that to Anaj Carter, talking to him extensively about like, hey, you're doing this what? You're doing this right. You're doing what we want. You're doing well. This is going to position you for success on the field. And then you see the routes he runs in team drills, and you're like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Enosh Carter is an, has become a really, really good route-running receiver. He's done an all right job of getting the ball in his hands and securing it. And I think he's a guy that has an opportunity to make a real impact for the Bucks opposite Will Huzzy this year. You cannot just bracket Huzzy every single play because Carter will burn you. Uh, he is he has taken a big step forward, and I'm really excited to see what year two in this program looks like for Enosh Carter. So I thought you were going to take my offensive guy because I teased him earlier, but Cam Lewis, I think the, yeah. the weight he's added, uh, he didn't lose speed with the weight. His hands have always been there. I mean, again, I go back to Randy Sanders looked at me in a commercial break in a coaching show and said, if I can convince Cam to just play wide receiver and give up on quarterback, I could get him a look in the NFL. And then we know Cam played a little bit of quarterback, a little bit of receiver. Then he left to go play quarterback. Then he came back and played receiver. Well, I think he's found a position where he may be right now the best player at his position in the league that nobody knows he's in that position. And I think Cam Lewis has got an opportunity because they are doing things to get mismatches. Again, he's such a big body guy. He's a physical guy, too, so he can block. I don't know that he's going to be a Nate Atkins-type blocker, but he certainly can block. But I think they're going to do things to get mismatches, and it's going to be hard not to throw him the football and throw it to him a lot. And I think he has impressed me with his catch radius, with the speed, with his acceptance of learning a new position. So he has stuck out to me. And I said he was going to there, and I know Coach Corral said, ah, I think Ron Miller were trying to do some different things, but – a lot of the Ron Miller stuff was kind of play action, move them across the formation. They're just flat out putting them at tight end or in the slot and having them just run by people against, you know, either the backer safety or even some of the third corners. So I'm real excited to see what Cam Lewis can bring to the offense because last year there was no tight end play, and it wasn't because they weren't there. It wasn't like No West did have some catches. Frierson made some catches, but they just didn't utilize the tight end in the new system, and now – you can go back into a two-tight. Tim Stayskull may be a guy get some reps, but you go with West. But you go into a two-tight situation, and then, you know, numbers games say run, they're going to run the ball. Numbers games say don't. I mean, if you got West, Stayskull on the other side of Lewis, I mean, that's tough because at some point they're going to try to take away Lewis 
I mean, the NOS is going to be the recipient of some good, you know, wide open looks. So I'm excited for Cam Lewis. He's worked really hard. He stuck with it. He came back to ETSU because it, he didn't leave ETSU because he didn't love his time here. He just wanted to play quarterback, and that happens. And it didn't work out where he was at. And he said, you know what? I want to go back where I was happy. And he came back. And so just the work ethic he's put into, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think that's just another weapon for whoever the quarterback is going to be in George Corals to utilize. Tory Lambert. Tory Lambert is going to get the four games, and I think he might get more than that. Uh, this young man from Louisiana, running back, I've talked about him before, and he ran for 1,000 yards and I think 10 or 12 touchdowns in the playoffs last year at Brother Martin High School, was going to Texas State, coaching change, falls through, he lands here. Uh, there is no way on earth that kid is five foot ten. He is six feet tall, and uh, he very much 190 pounds. And he looks like a Division One running back right out of the box. I just the way he moves through traffic, it all just you know his vision is so strong. You talked about him being heavy footed, but you watch his upper body and everything moves so fluid. And, and this guy's gonna play. You're, they're gonna find a way to get him involved. Um, I, I don't think there is a feature back just by design in the system. I don't think there's a feature back in that room. But Lambert could one day be the kind of guy that Quay Holmes or Jacob Sailors was that your bell cow back that you know he puts on another ten pounds and he doesn't lose any speed doing it, and suddenly you can you can give him the ball 130 times a season if you want. Uh, he can be that kind of guy 150 times if you want. Uh, you can, he can get a lot of work in, and I would tell you that's going to be a guy that I've got my eye on, not just for this year but for years to come. I'm just going to give an honorable mention because it was going into this morning I was going to talk about Luke Smith, and I think going into Tuesday I probably will. But at center I think he's going to be a tremendous addition to ETSU. Agreed. But today, and I've kind of been looking at him because inside linebacker is one of those positions where we're trying to figure out, you know what Steven Scott of healthy, what he can do. Mm-hmm. They've added a bunch of weight to Cam Garnett. Ray Coney looks impressive but lost. Sure. Physical tools is he, I mean, just putting on a uniform, he walks by, you go, unbelievable. Like you could see why Army and every other FBS kind of that level team was all over him. I mean, he looks the part. You know, I, I think he's got every, all the tools. That, if not this year, next year, Ray Coney's got a great. But I, I think it's one of the transfers from Missouri State. I think Tyron Brooks has done some good things. But Jordan Hoskins, even today, yeah, some of the things he did in team drill, then he's doing some shell drill. He made one mistake in shell drill. You know, then all of a sudden, uh, Dylan Llewellyn's kind of worked with inside linebackers, gave him a, a little time. Then Teddy Gaines said something in the background. And then all of a sudden, he turned the corner on Shell. But you're talking about all the different things um, that Jordan Hoskins, I think, brings and the depth because that was the biggest question. I mean, you went into this year going, okay, you have Cam Garnett, you got Steven Scott, and then you have to move Zach West to inside linebacker, which really isn't his position. He would do it because we like Zach West. He knows, you know, the game and just one of those kids will just do whatever you tell him to. But now you add Coney, you add Brooks and Hoskins. I mean, I feel good, uh, you know, especially if, if – Coney's given time to develop. I feel good about four linebackers on the inside and maybe a fifth if Coney can come around towards, you know, game three or four, just get, again, some reps, kind of figure it out. Hopefully he doesn't have to. And you go, those four guys, and Ray can sit for a year because then Steven Scott goes, and then you have your four inside linebackers 
for the next few years to come. So I think Jordan Hoskins is a guy, much needed depth. He has shown to have a good understanding. Him and Brooks, I think, do a good job of communicating. One, they play the same position. And how about that? They played the same position Missouri, Missouri State, competing against each other. They do the same position here at ETSU. They compete. They work together. It's similar to Chris Hope and Sheldon Arnold, but now those two can separate and both be starters. It's similar to how that relationship worked. One guy would be a starter one week, and the other guy would beat him out, and they just had a friendly competition but were tied, and it didn't affect them because they want to win. Same thing. I think those two guys have come in from Missouri State. They really want to win. But I think Jordan Hoskins is a, a much-needed piece to the inside linebacking core. And those are the three for me that jumped out. I don't give an honorable mention, but those are the three for me uh, just in three days that have jumped yeah. out to me. Yes. Um, I, I'll give an honorable mention. I think we might have a little bit of a punter competition. Esteban Mendoza. No, no, that's a great one because I had him on my list written yeah. down, and I'm like, ah, I, yes, I agree. It sounds different off it his does. foot. It sounds. It sounds a lot different. Uh, Esteban Mendoza, six foot two, thirty one. I love. I love a big kicker. You Freshman from Irwin, Utahoy County. Local kid. Let's go. Yeah, like local kid could be a special teams is pushing the preseason second team all conference. Trace Kelly for that job. And uh, that's one where you and I have talked about this, Jay. You know, I was up at North Dakota State, and we had punters uh, coming out of the woodwork. I mean, just everywhere. But ETSU has not had as much luck with the punt game, and it's, it's hidden yardage for your defense. And that is something that, you know, Kelly was a little bit better at. Now if Mendoza comes in here and really pushes and wins that job and does something considerable – uh, that changes the complexity of a lot of ETSU special team stuff. I, I think it's it's the lack of consistency throughout ETSU's reboot of football in the punting game. They are great hitting yardage in the kick return, the punt return, the kickoff. They're great, but they lose on the punt. And it's not because they don't cable with punters. Trace Kelly certainly can boom the ball. Even Nate Brackett has had moments where – He's bombed it. He can go back to the Marion Watsons and everybody. But I just – there just seems to be not a consistent punter. You know, a game it will look great, a couple punts a game. But just every time somebody gets the ball, it's a 40-plus yard punt that's got enough hang time for everybody to get down there and you force some fair catches. It's just not there. It's just been a little bit of a struggle consistency at the punting game. They've all had moments where they've looked really good. I mean, Nate Brackett – came to ETSU as a walk-on basketball player yeah, and then decided, hey, I can punt the ball, and they take him over, and all of a sudden he ends up punting some, you know, in the 2021 year. And then he thinks he may be the starter, and all of a sudden Trace Kelly, who had never punted in high school, was just a field goal kicker. They're like, hey, you ever tried to punt? No, why don't you go over here and punt a few? And then actually he's pretty good at it. And then he ends up getting the punting duty. So it's one of those situations where I think there's three guys all capable of, who is going to grab the lead and own the job? I think that is uh, – There's and that's probably what we'll do Tuesday. Maybe we'll, we'll come down with our uh, our top three or four, like, question marks or, or, or something. Or I don't know. We'll come up. We'll, we'll figure it out between now and then. We'll have a fun little game and see. Um, we'll talk off-air about it, but then we'll we'll do ours separately and see if we come up with the same or different. And that's always a fun little deal. But I, I think that's a great honorable mention, by the way. I, and I had him written down. Um, so I'm on board with the, your thought process on him. Uh, I am looking for a uh, punt average. So net punt average last year, uh, Kelly was third in the league at uh, 
37, it was 37.6 net. So it was like 40.6 gross punt average. So, um, and that ended up being, I, uh, he was, he was, was sixth, he was sixth in gross. Uh, I would say that's probably one of the higher percentages since football's been back at ETSU. I'd have to go, I mean, I don't know if we have enough time to click on that right now, but I would, I would venture to say off the top of my head, that's probably one of the better punting seasons. And that's one thing we need to, you know, again, ETSU's been really good on special teams since football has been back. I mean, you talk about three block punts last year, two for a touchdown, one at the Bucks one. led the league in kickoff coverage last year. I'm led league, and they have for several years. Um, and in punt return average. I mean, yeah. again, sometimes it was laughable. You would look out on the punt team, and I'm looking at the punt team, and there's Nasir Player, and there's Quay Holmes, and there's Tyree Robbins. I mean, you can see why they did that. But I the, love that the, stuff. Yes, because everything matters. You know, every one of those situations – matter that extra 15 yards or 10 yards here is a difference in are you in field goal range are you not in field goal range you know is it a situation where they can go for it you got to force them to punt can you back them down deep all of that etsu has been really good at special teams overall if you look at it, the return game has been really good on punt and kickoff they're usually pretty good on all the coverage teams they i'm trying to think they've had a couple punts blocked they've blocked more than they have been blocked um, and then you're looking at J.J. German and Tyler Keltner uh, basically gone 1-2. And, and I know the game has changed a lot since the early 2000s on how the game's played. And there's more scoring and all that. But they come in and set records, right. um, you know, for field goal kicking and points. So ETSU has been blessed in the special team game. This will probably be one of the biggest turnover years, uh, besides maybe Trace Kelly as far as punting, because you're going to lose Jacob Saylor. You lost an all-conference returner and Elijah Huzzy. Um so you're going to have new kick returners, new punt returners. I mean, there'll be a couple guys that return. I mean, Nash Carter returned a couple kicks. Tonk West Ball returned a couple kicks. But for the most part, it'll be new punt return, new kickoff return, new kickoff person. You know, Ewan Johnson looks like he's going to be the guy that's going to be the field goal kicker. And he looked yeah. great today in all six attempts he had. But who's going to handle the kickoff duties? And then, you know, how the punting battle goes because I think, like you mentioned, Mendoza's kind of throwing his hat in the ring that maybe nobody saw coming. So it'll be interesting to see. But any final thoughts? Because, you know, I don't want to – you know, we got a lot of time. I don't want to roll through everything we got. People have asked me if this team is going to be better than last year, and I think after seeing them for three days, it's an unequivocal yes. Yeah, that's my answer. I, I say this. Are they going to be better than last year? Yes. And then they say, well, how much better? What does that mean? I don't know. That's my next answer. I don't. I can tell you I like what I see from the staff, the energy of the team so far. I think the younger coaching staff, the different coaching staff, that going back to something of offensive that the offensive guys know has got them excited. I think having Billy Taylor rove as just a defense coordinator that's not coaching linebackers exclusively but roving to the groups is tremendous mm-hmm. on what they're doing. Uh, and I think Dylan Llewellyn, who was thrown into – some of the special teams' duties last year proved that he kind of carried that tradition on. Um, and I, I did mention Teddy Gaines, who's a volunteer coach that they're working through the process of trying to get um, full-time because Chris Grimes left. Um, yes. uh, his wife, who is an assistant basketball coach, uh, took a job at University of Houston, and they had been separated a long time in their marriage, as coaches do when they're there. And yeah, she, two ships passing she was like at Gardner-Webb, and, and when he was at Gardner-Webb and he took ETSU, they kind of live in between, and he, he gave everybody a heads up, hey, if she ever got a job that was far enough away, I'd just 
I choose family over coaching football, and I'm, nobody faults him. The timing wasn't particularly great, but again, it's good for him and his family. So no, yeah. trust me, no no hate on that. Um, as a family man, a new family man, Keith is certainly you can understand that. So uh, Chris Grimes uh, leaves Teddy Gaines, assuming everything goes through the HR process, but he's allowed to be on the field because he's a volunteer coach. When Coach Grimes left, that opened up a volunteer coach slot or a full-time slot, so they've used the volunteer slot to get uh, Teddy back on board, who certainly knows the system, and um, leaves Dobbins Bennett High School, where he was the defense coordinator there as well, plus a known commodity. But his energy, Kurt Gardner, Jay Guillermo, I mean, it's just a different feel. Llewellyn, Gatewood, all those guys. And I think that's, a, that's the biggest takeaway of why I think it will be better. It just looks and feels different than what it did last year uh, of everyone um, energy-wise. And then, again, I think offensively they look a lot better because last year there was not a lot of energy, and they were drinking through fire hose trying to figure out the new offense. Now, a lot of those guys, you know, Will Huzzy can turn around to some wide receivers and go, oh, here's what we do on this route. I mean, it was a lot of times guys make catches, and some of the younger guys that we were even having to look up on the roster who they were was like, well, what was that play call? What was that route? And you could see the guys talk to them. So uh, pretty excited. I think they are going to be better. I think it's, I think it's almost – Hands down, is that fair? Hands down, better, or you think it's too bold? Um, I, or just I think go with they, better. I think they will be significantly better. Okay. Hands down, significantly, we'll go with that right now. I, I would go with significantly. Yeah. Hey, hey listen, if you got a you got a question for Jay and Keith on a specific uh, group or anything, and you love the podcast, and you want to send that out there, either uh, you can tweet at us or Buck Sports Radio. You can tweet us. DM us. You can do any of that. Or I'm access, I'm not going to do the inside the dome full deal, but if you have stuff like, hey, what about this position? What about this guy? I mean, go ahead. Send, send us what questions. If, what if we just did? Uh, what, if, what if we just did inside Buck Sports? I would love. Oh, inside Buck Sports. Going back to the old TV shows. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Could do Buck Update Central. No, nope. I loved. I didn't realize the genius of Buck Update Central was the Buck. It's Buck. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to uh, IBS of irritable bowel syndrome <laughs> or inside Buck Sports. That's why we cha- we changed it because John Stevens. Well, it was me and Stevens on the right. show, so I, I feel like it was an appropriate title. Yeah, John Stevens looked at me and goes, you know, I'm tired of IBS. It's just, I just think about irritable bowel syndrome. Can we change the name of the show? I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do? He's like, let's, let's do Buck Update Central. It's the Buck. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So, again, a lot of the genius things that I don't think about that he does. That's why you hire good people. Yeah. So. Or right. you, or you uh, yeah. I don't know. Or yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? Oh yeah. I don't know. Okay. Do you really hire them or do they just show up? I just showed up. Yeah. I heard from uh, the now the now um, married Callie and Corey Presley in uh, a class one time. That's just like there's a Buck Sports Network, and I just showed up to work pickle, and Stevens John, John Stevens put me to work. That's how it goes. And that was it. Yeah, John Stevens in the Navy. My college roommate said, hey, there's a guy going to ETSU who's really into sports. I'm going to have him introduce you to him, and you should hire him. That's how I met John. So, it all works out. He way. loves him some baseball, and he's still oh, better at it than both of us. Yeah, no, yes. Isn't that amazing? Uh, he sent me the one inning he called in the first time in three years, and he's still better. Hasn't lost a beat. That's Hasn't right. missed a beat. All right, we'll talk football uh, coming up on Monday or Tuesday. Jane Keith. Back it over the hour. Back it over the hour. You gotta be kidding me!